kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations, fellow Sky Watchers from all corners of the globe. Welcome to another exciting episode of Sky Watchers Radio on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio on this lovely May 20th, 2015. As always, I'm one of your humble hosts on this strange ride that we take every single week right here. And the ride is a roller coaster. The yes, it is. Every week, up and down. And, uh, of course, I am Angel Espino, and with me, as always, is that gentleman over there to my left, the other guy. Other guy. How the heck are you, my friend? I am doing great. Hold on, here comes the cliff. Ah, Uh-oh. Roller coaster! Loop-de-loop! Left, right, up, down! Yay! Sorry. A little uh, dramatic, aren't you? Dramatic tonight, huh? You were the one who's just like, you know, in this this ride with that deep voice that's almost not even nowhere near Batman. So I, I just thought I'd do the whole roller coaster thing. Because I'm Batman. No, you're not. No, I'm not. No. Did no, you see no. that meme I put on my Facebook this week, by the way? <laughs> Which one? The one with Batman, like with his hand to the wall, and it says on top of it. Uh, type in whatever you just did last, followed by quotations, uh, because I'm Batman. Oh. And it's supposed to be like a game people play. They all type in what the last thing they did, and then they put it in because I'm Batman. No. The answers are pretty funny. Okay, well, I, I guess I'll have to do that. Actually, the best game I've been playing lately is Cards Against Humanity. Nice. I, I, I love that game. Oh, my God. It's sick and twisted theater like you wouldn't believe. Uh, it, it, it's really hard to explain, folks. You got to Google it. It is a hilarious, hilarious game for those that are sick, twisted, and demented, and those friends who support you being sick, twisted, and demented. Right. My yeah. Type of game. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's going on? What's the good word for the week? What what what's been happening in the wonderful world of ufology that you've seen? Um, and hmm. oh, did you hear Star Wars weekends are start started last week? Oh, dude, uh, here, this is, here, this here, is here, like this Star Wars year. This is what this is. Yeah, no kidding. Forget wow, about weekend. Yeah. This is Star Wars year. Yeah, it's the year of the Jedi. It is, completely. Yep. You know what would be really funny, though, if they never reference the word Jedi in the new movie? That would be actually really amazing, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, that would be weird, right? A yeah. Strange. Yeah, that, 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 that would be bad. Cannot wait for December. It's May, and the year is going by fast, and that's a good thing. Very, Have very you bought thing. your tickets yet? I don't think they're they're for sale yet. But as soon as they go on sale, I'm going to be there. 
I don't know you if know, they're going to have them on sale first you know, online or if you actually you have to like order them by phone. or I don't know how they're going to do it this time, but I'll be there. I don't know. I'm going, you know, if it's going to IMAX, I'm going. Oh, of course. That's the first place I'm going to see that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's like and the I'm best sitting, place to see Star Wars. And I'm sitting in the way back seat because that's the best place if you're in IMAX. Because that way you could actually see the whole darn screen. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, getting the really close seats really suck. I made that mistake with The Dark Knight Rises. Right. Bad mistake. I could not see anything that was going on. Well, all you saw was... I'll tell you you this much, though. I'll tell you this this part, though. The very beginning when Bane is on the plane and stuff, that whole sequence was Uh amazing up close because you felt like you were right in the plane. Like, you felt like you were there. And then Bane just speaking throughout the whole movie was just awesome because strawberries are packed with fiber. I love his voice. Love his it's voice. Like, it's like, I eat fiber so uh, I can poop more. Mr. Wayne, strawberries are packed with fiber. Did you ever see that video on YouTube where they made fun of uh, the Bane character and they actually redid those lines and the, it was all about fiber? No, 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 I haven't <laughs> seen that. Oh, did you see the link that I sent out earlier about uh, what happens when Transformers invade all sorts of different movies? Uh, negative. In oh, the you got to see it. It's hilarious. It's oh, like yeah? Transformers, it? you know, during the movie Speed, Forrest Gump, and a whole bunch of other other movies. It, it, it was hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. I'm going to have to check that out later. Yeah, speaking it, of it's later, cool. Speaking of later, we're going to be joined in about, what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes with uh, by Nancy Burns, who's going to go over oh, some her uh, again, news really? stuff. Well, she's I, trying. I, I, I just she's can't trying. wait to hear her. She's trying. She's trying hard. I know. No, no, no. She's, she's doing she's a great good. job, actually. She's really doing a great job. Um, she, she's prompt. She's courteous. She's easy to deal with. I always like listening to Nancy and talking with her because she's a barrel of laughs. Yeah, she is. And Compared was... to some other people like you on uh, on the show. Hey, yeah. I resemble what? that remark. You resemble that mark? That remark. That remark. Okay, fine. That Mark Hamill. Anyway, uh, Nancy Burns will be with us in about 10, 15 minutes uh, to go over news stuff. Like I said, tonight we were scheduled to have on uh, a return guest. A gentleman who was on here a few weeks back, Costa Macrias. I don't know. Do you remember oh, him, Costa? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. He, he's he got an interesting perspective on the universe. To say on least. everything. Yeah, very oh, interesting yeah. dude. Loved having him on. Last time he was on, it was a great show. He's a oh, great yeah, I, I had a great time listening to him. He was going to come back on with another person. Uh, her name is Hollis Polk. And uh, we're going to continue pretty much the conversation we had on before. And, uh, you know, maybe going to a new territory as well and, and find out what Hollis is all about and, you know, what she's done in the paranormal. And right. unfortunately, I think they might have gotten the dates crossed up or something because I haven't been, been able to get a hold of, uh, of them all night. Uh, so we might not have them on the show. So we're going to get through it. Like we always okay. do on Skywatchers Radio. Because what do we do here on Skywatchers Radio? We Alan? improvise every single minute. Complete improvisation. This is That's improvisation right. radio. That's right. What do we do? What, what is it? What do we do? Procrastinate. When do we want to do it? <gasps> Eventually. Yes. Sometime in the near future. Indeed. <laughs> All right. So, so he might uh, not be on, but we're going to have Nancy on. We're going to go over new stuff. Of course, we have messages through the A-hole later on, uh, also at the end okay. of the segment. So that's always a barrel of laughs and a barrel of other things. And maybe if we don't have the guest now, on for the if, next if hour. We do, if we're doing things, for, you know, like letters from the A-hole, shouldn't it be instead of a basket like a bowl? That well, eventually, eventually it ends up in a bowl, yes. Okay, fine. 
and it goes round and round because you correct counterclockwise. It goes counterclockwise. Also, by the way, just saying. It depends which. It depends on what side of the equator you're on. Apparently. Apparently. Clearly. Well, didn't you, did you know that, you know, depending on what side of the equator, uh, how the ball spins? Yeah, that must be weird if you've never experienced that before, and then you're, like, on the other side of the equator and you see it for the first time. You're like, oh, what the hell? Can you imagine <laughs> that shock? That If you didn't know about it, yeah, that would be interesting. It's like, why is it swimming the other way? Oh, man, the aliens are finally coming. Look, the ball, the water's swimming the other way, man. That's not right. Oh, man. And then they end up calling, like, you know, Art Bell later, later on in July or, or something. Tell them, Art, the bowl, the water, it was spinning the other way. The Folks, time if travelers. you do want to complain about Angel being a little bit of a sarcastic weenie, uh, please hey. call in. And don't forget, don't forget our see, 1-800 number is, see, you, what is see, it? We, what, oh, hold on, we, it's what's not 1-800. Number? First of all, it's what's not 1-800. Hold on. Oh, okay, first of all, it's fine. not 1-800. Second of all, you completely interrupted a good impersonation of the Art Bell Area 51 caller I was going for there. Oh, that guy. Oh, that's my boy, Brian J. Glass. Guy. By the way, Brian J. Glass, that's my boy. You know, we're going to have him on. We will have him on, on Skywatch. Oh, pretty God. Soon. He's yeah, a great guy. You got to admit, you know, when he did do this, what was it, in the 90s or something? Yeah, 97, 98, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, he, you got to admit, it was rather convincing sounding, to say the least. Dude, I'm telling you, like I, I bought it. I was, I was listening. In, in fact, it, it's funny because I've heard some of the major things that Arts had happened over the years on radio live right. as it's happened. And I remember that day like it was yesterday. I was there listening in my room, um, smoking a doobie, and I had the windows up, and I was just like really into the show, you know. And I'm like listening in, and I hear this guy call in, all frantic and and screaming like, "Oh, Art, what they are actually is they're interdimensional beings." <laughs> and when he's like when he's trembling, I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is." So real, the aliens—they're all here. We're all gonna get anally probed. No, and well, then for so, for and then I got the munchies, and I was okay for the rest of the night. But I'll tell you this much: for <laughs> for about ten minutes there, I was very, very terrified. Especially the ten minutes where the uh, satellite went off air and everything was like dead air. Yeah, that that was a little bit weird. Now, what was a the little reason? bit weird? That's an understatement, my now, friend. Now, now did, did Art Bell ever give a good reason why that happened, or? Suddenly, just just mysteriously, right after or during that call, it has to be one of the the world's greatest coincidences. I think it just you know, just so happened that it went down. Unless, unless and this is always this has been my theory. Thing. No, no, no. This has been my theory for years, and I could be wrong. Keith, who's listening in, shout outs to the big dog Keith Roland. He would know the answer if he knows the behind the scenes stuff that happened that I don't know. And but my theory's always been that you know the the powers that be. We're listening in. Big Brother was listening. They heard what was going on on the show, and they were like, "Oh, we got to nuke that satellite. Let's get it out of the air. Uh, this is this can this is very close to the reality." And that might be what happened. Well, if he anybody has have... a comment, you should put the uh, you should Skype us or call us, and the number that they should be dialing is. Hold on, that might be very close oh. to what happened, but the number is seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. Again, seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. It don't matter if you're on one side of the equator or the other, wherever the True. water spins. Just call seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. And now, in a couple minutes, here we're going to be joined by Nancy Burns. And are you ready for Nancy Burns, Alan? Are you, sure, are you... I am. Are you ready for the Nancy Burns experience on Skywatchers Radio? That's what we're going to call it, I by the way. I am just so ready, yeah. What do you think of that? The Nancy Burns experience. 
on Skylanders Radio. I'm just not going to go there right now. No. Because Um, it's not not your traditional news segment. It's not like when Alejandro Rojas, you know, goes on Podcast UFO, one of the, you know, the great shows on the Dark Matter Radio Network, and and he goes on there and he gives, like, your standard news and tells you what's in the news. With Nancy, it becomes more of a chat, and, you know, we... And I think that's a cool Go thing. Go off to the yeah. side and talk about other things. And, right. and then, you know, you know, talk about UFO Magazine for a little while. Right. And... We, we never get sidetracked at all with Nancy. No, no, never. no. I mean, we never get sidetracked back to the news, if that's what you True. mean. True, yeah. Hey, got a question. With that RFL guy <laughs> that called in, uh, what was his name again? Brian J. Glass. That, now, let me ask you. Now, I remember there was another guy who said he was flying over Area 51 or trying to fly into that area uh, in an airplane while on the Art Bell show. And he, you know, the transmission suddenly stopped. I don't know if that was he was shot down or what. Whatever happened to that guy? I have no idea. More things you know, to ask Keith Rowland. Okay. We will, but I'll tell you this much. Uh, Phil Hendry, who's, uh, of course, yeah. one of my favorite radio personalities ever. Right. Love Phil. Um Phil Hendry did a skit which kind of uh, mirrored that episode of uh, the Art Bell Show, and the person who was on the plane was uh, General Jamin Jameson, I think is the name of the character, and you got to hear it. Uh, Go to YouTube, just type in Phil Hendry does Art Bell, or Phil Hendry, uh, Area 51, Art Bell. Uh, You're going to find the clips very easily. It's it's comedy gold. It's It's brilliant material. Phil Hendry is one of the greatest comedians ever, one of the greatest radio guys ever. So, Yeah, how come he never did stand-up? That's my question. You know, I don't know if he if he didn't. Maybe he did. I have no idea. He should have. I know he did a little acting. He was on a TV show for NBC and a couple other things. So I know he's done a little acting outside of uh, the news or the radio stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, But he's been on radio for about 30 years, man, maybe even longer than that. I mean, the dude's a legend. You know, he came up on the same time when Art Bell was coming up and, and blowing up in the '90s. And uh, remember, he was there, you know, from early '90s with Neil Rogers and uh, George Rodriguez, my uh, my good friend from uh, SoFlo Radio. Uh, you know, he was part of that clique from '88 uh, to like '94. They continue mm. forward, you know. So, guys, we're gonna go on a quick commercial break. I'm getting a Skype call on my phone. That's crazy. Uh, well, when we return, we're gonna have Nancy Burns. longer being tied down to your computer but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go talk stream live introduces our first ever iphone application the talk shows you follow now follow you and your iphone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the internet listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day seven days a week mobile talk radio from talk stream live now available in the itunes app store Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Thank you. 
This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network, live at 8pm Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com All right, everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio, and now it's time for the Nancy Burns Experience right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and TSN Radio. Nancy Burns, welcome to Are the show. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, I am have so you, uh, ready. <clears throat> listen, have you um, given any more thought to... Okay, well, I'll leave that for later. I just wanted to say <laughs> hi. And, and Wow. Yeah, Already sideways. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, good totally job. sideways. Okay, the last show we did together was such a train wreck. But it was I'm scared awesome. now. It oh, please. It, it was, was hilarious. We have to have James Swagger back on, period. Oh, that show. Yeah, that was it. Man, that was, that was a disaster of epic proportions. Now. What show did you think that was? It was I thought, I thought you, Well, since you are on Skywatchers Radio, I thought you meant the last time you were here doing the no, news. And I was like, well, it wasn't that It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, Nancy. You were okay. No, I was okay. First of all, my plug fell out. Long story. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. You wouldn't let me tell the story on air. You told me not to. No tech. No tech stuff on air, Nancy. Okay. Now you could go ahead. Do it now. We got to kill time. No, yeah. no, no. I have got. I've got such a good thing for you guys tonight. I have oh, a topic. Nice. Instead of a story, I have a topic. I think you'll like it better. Okay. okay. This is right down your alley, and it's not even showbiz. You're going to love this, and I haven't even talked to Bill about this. But I stumbled upon this video last night. Um, there's this. Okay, I'll just get right to the chase. Oh, Elon boy. Musk. Okay. Okay. I studied. I stumbled upon the video about his where he's introducing his power wall. Have you guys seen this? Yeah, Negative. I have. Oh, you have. Oh, this is like Steve Jobs. Has is he's as good a salesman as Steve Jobs, and supposedly he is the real life model for. Uh, not Iron Man. What is it called? Iron Man, Tin Man. Uh, Tony, the uh, Tony Stark. Well, there is Iron. Yeah, Tony Stark's Iron Man. What, uh, 
yeah, okay. Uh, somebody should do Tin Man. That would be cool. That'd be a cool movie. Uh, yeah, well. Isn't anyway, that so part, isn't anyway, that part so already of like the Dorothy or Wizard of Oz Tin Man? Yeah, that Tin Man. But anyway, so um, yeah. actually, I think the Tin Man needed a brain, right? Uh, or a heart. No, no Tin Man needed the. the no, uh, the heart uh, was the lion, I think. No, he, he needed courage. Needed courage. He right. needed courage, yeah. The Scarecrow needed the brain, and the Tin Man okay. needed the heart. Okay. Okay, so Elon Aha! Musk. Here's I'm two things about it. Here's, Jesus. Here's, Go ahead. Okay, so are you ready? We have to talk tonight about Elon Musk, because he is the future. Must and, we? Okay, go ahead. Okay, so this Tesla <laughs> wall, when I realized what it is, okay, now just understand that it's $3,500, okay? Wow. Uh, it can also be $3,000, actually, I'm seeing here, I'm looking at the specs. So picture, if you will, it's the cost of a computer, and here's what it is. It's the interface between any solar or wind or any kind of water hydraulic power you could make for your house. It's the interface, the battery that holds it, and it holds it for a really long time, so you can be off the grid immediately. And there, it's already up for sale. Nice. Um, in other words, it's the missing link between solar. I, yeah, solar. Yeah, This is the harnessing thing, okay, this thing. This thing called uh, the Tesla wall power thing. Okay, so Alan, you you surely are up on this, right? Reasonably, much power more than wall. I am. Go ahead, Alan. Okay, so but let me just be, uh, let me frame out our conversation because the power wall is the starting point. But the other thing I never knew he was in the process of inventing, and we're not talking about SpaceX, but it's this thing called the hy- Hyperloop. Okay. Oh, what a great idea! The Hyperloop? The Hyperloop is the best thing I've ever heard. Okay. Um, There has been much discussion over the course of time between two big cities like, say, Boston and New York or San Francisco in this case and Los Angeles of getting a really high-speed rail to get between those two. The Hyperloop is going to replace the high-speed rail, and it's already kind of vaguely underway. But what it is is a big cushioned thing where you're propelled on air. Okay, through this steel kind of tube at 760 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And, so and it basically, basically, it's a giant oil pipeline with no oil in it, but people. Well, no, like no, no, a it's giant a pneumatic, death trap to me. No, no, know. no. Listen, it's a pneumatic railway. It was originally created um, vacuum trains. Uh, Robert Goddard. Uh, yeah, but hang, 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 my only question is is that if you're propelled that fast, wouldn't the G-forces be a little bit of a problem if you're not used to it? No, 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 Obviously- no, no. There's a certain amount where it, your face stretches a little, but otherwise you're okay. No, but here's, here's- <laughs> Yeah, that might help uh, Bruce Jenner. You know, he's... Need to work in the face. Well, he's me. Yeah, maybe it's well. So anyway, so yes, I went there, Bruce. How long is is it going to take to build, and when is it going to be ready? Well, here's the thing: if you guys go on YouTube and look for him, he's a great talker. He's also so weird that he's got to be somebody we all need to study more of and figure out. Here's here's a classic case. If anybody's an alien, it would be this guy, okay, or a hybrid. He acts weird. Okay, he, he just he, never had the social skills to integrate into the rest of the no, world. No, it's, it's probably different. The geek. It's different. He no, was it's probably different. The geek. Really? It's different. Here's what I Look, mean. Look, Alan acts weird. I don't think he's an alien. Well, not most nights. No, but anyway. this is totally different. Picture, if you will, a child raised so elitist that he has no conception of the rest of the world. You know, his mother, I believe, was an was a mom. Oh, that's easy. Just get a look at the Bush family and their kids. Exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. That's this perfect is perfect model. What, this kid had a had a upbringing like that, or or a classic one in the art world right now is mm-hmm. uh, Lena Dunham. She's the child of two artists, and so every little scroll that she does, she just prances along and says, you know, thinks the world would love her, and it's great confidence. But anyway, Elon Musk is one of those kinds of people, right? So his talks are very interesting, but his love life has been so uh, weird, really weird, okay? You want to hear? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so he marries his first wife, and they end up... They get married. I believe they were college friends or so. Who knows what? They end up with five kids at once from in vitro fertilization. Five boys at once. In vitro. Yeah. Send in the clones. I mean clowns. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. So that's, I think, where the Tony Stark (laughs) stuff comes. And then, so then he divorces her, of course, as 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 is the way of the world. Yes. And then he hooks up with this model. Um, the logical course after divorce, yeah. ex- yes. Well, after his mother's a model as well, okay? Oh. You know, and models... Keep it close to the home, yeah. They really are the most hybridized of all the humans. They're being, <laughs> you know, they're becoming more and more... That's evolved. an interesting <laughs> way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Because models are particular... They're freaky, okay? They're freaky looking in real life. They're very long. Anyway, so he ends up getting involved with this woman... Uh, and he marries her. I forget her name. She's she's a um, uh, British actress as well. He okay. marries her. Her oh, name okay. is I th- okay. Her name is Tulu or Tula Riley, something like Tula Riley, Tula Riley, Tula Riley, Tula Riley, Tula 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 Okay, yeah, exactly. So he marries her. And then two years later, and, he, and then he gets divorced. And then two, okay. And then two years later, he marries her again, and now they're filing for divorce again. So that's got to be terrible and fabulous. But anyway, Damn so this guy gets his fortune, as you know. This breaks my heart. Um, he started so humbly, um, d- did some programming and stuff, but he started something. Um, let's skip over that. It's sort of like the way we started, and that always gives you pause. But anyway, so, but he's known for PayPal. A, a hateful, hateful company. Um, I love PayPal. Well, good. Until you run into PayPal bureaucracy, if somebody tries to scam you, you will go down with a scammer. That's how PayPal operates. They get rid of everybody involved when you report a scam. Because we had a magazine, and so we got a scammer who came along and said, mm-hmm. I want to order mm-hmm. for Saudi Arabia or something 24 cartons of magazines. And you have to kind of try to follow up and stuff. But it was a scam. And so PayPal uh, disintegrated our um, uh, business account. We never have, we've, we're not able to ever get another business account there. And we had to actually go out and get a merchant account, which is a higher level of security. And screw you, PayPal. So I don't like PayPal. Anyway. Well, I've never had an issue with them. Uh, anyway, uh, we do have a caller on the line who wants to join yes, in, and we do have he a has a, a piece of information that I think the audience would find rather interesting. Tony, you're on air on Skywatchers Radio. Thank you for being patient and waiting there for us. Hey, thanks a lot, uh, Angel. And what's your uh, co-host name? The other guy. Alan. The other uh, guy, Alan. Alan. <laughs> yes. Alan and, and Nancy. Okay, how are you all doing? Okay, great. I uh, was just listening to a show, and a guy that sounded like he was pretty old uh, got on and said when he was a teenager, George Adamski, uh, and invited him into his home and basically showed him he was just tired of 
uh, the the lies, and he just wanted to show somebody, and he showed him the little model UFOs and stuff, and uh, Van Tassel was also a fraud, and the the Integricon would never have worked. Thank God, Adamski died, or Van Tassel, whoever built the thing, and uh, and and that 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 the, the the airport they built out there was really nothing but just dry desert. There was no airport. And uh, the restaurant, the guy knew every detail of that, that place. I don't doubt the guy's credibility at all. Well, well uh, you know, there's a very active, very uh, litigious thing called the Adamski Foundation, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, when yeah. you try to use a George Adamski photo, say, in your magazine, um, they come at you. They come at you with guns blazing. Uh, you have to get their permission, and they mm-hmm. don't always give it. So what are they going to say about this, do you think? Oh, man, I don't know. But I'm sure they'd have quite a fight on their hands because this guy really sounded like he was really there, you know, as a teenager. I start to wonder if Adamski was uh, a weirdo inviting a teenager into his house right. at the same time. <laughs> right. You know? Right. But, uh Yeah. Huh. Anyway, I thought that was really interesting. That was on the show just before this one. Well, the way to research that, I hope, is that somebody who is an Adamski scholar, and unfortunately, uh, my favorite Adamski scholar was Colin Bennett, who has recently died. I don't know whether his widow is interested in this stuff, but somebody who is a good scholar, or if somebody reads uh, Colin Bennett's book on Adamski, um, you might be able to, to match uh, to match up stories, but then this fellow could have read that book, of course. That, that's probably not going to help. Yeah. And people, people say, well, who would live on Venus? You know, <laughs> it's so, we, what we know today, you know, there's right. no, nothing they could live there. But uh, the, the truth of the matter is, and I'll stick up for Adamski on this, uh, it would prevent other people, aliens from going there because it was so inhospitable, you know? So it would probably be off of some production. So. Mm. <laughs> well, we know, remember, you got to keep one thing in mind, though. We know what we know because NASA and the media, right. the controlled media, tells us what to know. Uh, we don't really know if there is or isn't life on any other planet in our solar system. I mean, they might know, and they might be telling us there isn't. Right. You know, some yeah. of these planets are so far off that even and with the telescopes, Vatican we can't know. see it. The Vatican could know. I mean, there could be life well, the on the way, moon, there could be life on Mars, there could be life on Venus. There could be life in different forms, not just like our life here on Earth. Yeah, completely yeah. Completely different organic type of life. No, not even. They could in be completely... No, they could be no, completely no, in our dimension. As li- right. What we define yeah. as life, you know... Right. Might- they could be vapor trails, basically. Look, let me, let me put it to you this way. I don't believe it, I'm gonna, and I'm going to lay it out flat here. I don't believe that interdimensional beings are interacting as closely as people think. I don't think the aliens are interdimensional. I don't believe that. I think there is a very good possibility. Hold on, let me finish. There's a very good possibility if we are being visited for many, many years, maybe for centuries, possibly for many, many hundreds of thousands of years. Who knows how long they've been here? If that's the case, it's a very strong possibility that they've they've got spaceports all over this solar system, over the galaxy. So it's not that 
big of a stretch that they could travel back and forth on an ease on an easy basis. It's not as difficult as it might seem, given their technology and the advancements of it. Right, and the but travel I do may believe, not be may not be combustion engines. Right. I mean, right right now we're we're working on warp drive engines, and there's already right. you know stuff that they're doing in that you know direction. Well, yeah, there's been there's so, been some real progress with yeah. alternate propulsion. Plus, not to mention, we also might have some USOs that we really hardly ever discuss Correct. as well, too. Correct. I mean, I, I, a lot of that could be come from right here. But I don't. I don't think. The, for example, I don't think if there's a being living on Venus, for example, I don't think he's like on another dimension living there. I think it could very well, well be a being living in this very dimension in our very reality. Just the way their uh, composition is, the way their makeup is, is completely different. It's a different form of life. We couldn't survive on that atmosphere or but on maybe that planet. They live but they can, or they maybe live they underground. Live within, yeah. within, yeah. Correct. Well, I mean, how about life this? could evolve in many this? different ways. Go ahead. How about this? How about uh, to to subvert and get away from traveling the light light speed or above it? Um, they use other dimensions as a form of technology to traverse long distances you know, using possibly wormholes or something like that. And uh, maybe they have to enter into another dimension and maybe they weave in and out of it to travel mm. long distances. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sold on wormholes yet. And, you know, and here's the reason why. Uh, it's fun in theory. Uh, the thing is, for me, the science doesn't really back up uh, the theory. And the reason being is uh, we have no way of telling uh, with any form of technology that we have, if we could create a wormhole, if it's even sustainable, if when we create a wormhole on this side, it's going to go exactly where we want it to. I mean, we can open a, a rip through space and time, and the other side might be somewhere completely opposite to where we want. Yeah, well, or it could here's, be the just other, here's the other thing. Um, since we don't know what space is mostly hell. composed of. We don't. You know, yeah, very little um, We don't know. Let's just say it's not a, if it's a vacuum, it might behave one way. If it's, not a, if it's a, a highly charged electrical field, it would behave another way. It's like a mm-hmm. radio into the bathtub. We don't know what it is, and so once you know what it is, you might know how to transport yourself through it. You say that's right. Hey, I'm a big fan of Bill Burns, by the way. Oh, well, he's right here. I will tell him that he's. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. he, oh my goodness! So are the rest he is, of us. He is slaving, slaving over um, the the at last minute edits of a very long manuscript on Mickey Rooney, and I tried to help last night. And I mean, he's always cursing. He's always, you know, raising his fist in the air and cursing at his machines because he hates to work with his machines as he moves little tiny footnotes around. And um, I could, I, I'm always laughing at him, but now I can really understand why. I spent a, a fruitless night last night trying to help him. Anyway, that's what Bill Burns is up to right now. That's the Bill Burns yeah, update. Yeah, and I, I just found out he, uh, he got the doctorate in law. Yeah, he's a lawyer. Uh, he wanted. Yeah, he, it's, it's just kind of been a lifetime goal of his. But, but what's amazing is this particular book. I think is really going to put him on the map as a biographer because Bill and his writing partner Rick Lertzman tell a story that every place your eyeball lands, you want to keep reading. It's so juicy. It's sort of like Hollywood gossip and gossip about money and. All kinds of stuff. It's 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 and it's an intelligently written book. So I can't. Okay, I got well, yeah, I, I, I to ask sure you a question. Is. By the way, what 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 did he? What's his specialty in law anyway? Uh, he was basically planning on copyright. Oh, okay. uh, it's called intellectual property. 
Yeah, really. So he's actually an he's now an IP lawyer, or is it still no? He never took. Well, he took the bar. He failed the bar in California, and he failed the bar for the stupidest bunch of reasons. But one of them was um, had to do with a typewriter, and 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 he couldn't use the typewriter he brought. Um, Everybody else could use PCs, and and Angel will love this. We we just could not get a PC to work. Uh, we couldn't deal with the PCs. We're Mac people. Once again, Macs have screwed us. And so Bill ended up having to handwrite the bar. And his handwriting looks like uh, on a prescription. You know, it's a doctor's handwriting, yeah. basically. And so he failed. I don't think anybody ever could have read, read his answers. And I feel really bad yeah. for him. So, anyway, so, so then his life took a turn when UFO Hunters started, and he didn't go back to to retaking the bar. So he's a lawyer, I think, but no, he's an attorney, but not a lawyer, or he's or vice versa. Okay. So wait, he's an attorney, but not. I a lawyer. didn't know there was a difference. Yeah. Oh, difference? absolutely. Yeah, one can practice law, and the other one can teach law or be a lawyer. You can like take care of yourself or be a scholar, write well, books. One thing's for sure: he knows how to stay out of litigation, right? No, no. Anybody can sue. <laughs> anybody can sue you, and they do. They just do. Okay. If they think you have money, they sue you. Um, it's a shame, but you know. And even if you, if if you're, but you're right. If you're a lawyer, you can kind of step away from, you know, an impending tidal wave. Yeah. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I was uh, glad to hear Angel uh, like Phil Henry. Oh, uh, on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Jay Santos was my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I used Love to crack Santos, up so yes. hard at that. When he what's, your, what's, your, what's your favorite uh, Phil Hendry skit? Do you have one? Uh, skit? Like, if I could pull it off myself, I don't think I could. But uh, No, like, the, uh, one of his favorite I, I like, uh, phone calls, I guess, or, or you know, yeah, skits. Yeah, well, I, I like the, 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 the guy who, I, I can't even remember the character name, but He's always acts like he's getting ready to get into porn, and and uh, he just he, he just sounds like a total douchebag, you know. But uh, he cracks me up. I can't remember the name right offhand, but uh, he had so many characters. And when he did them, uh, sometimes you know you get these callers that that would call in because he would be right off KFI, right, in Los uh-huh. Angeles, and. Uh, they would hear this and they would think it was real, and that was his best. Is when yes. he was actually being misread. You know, people thought that he was real, and they would yeah. call in. That was really the best. You know, now, I think I think that might have either been Steve Bozell or Lloyd Bonafide, the characters. Uh, Lloyd Bonafide. Those, yeah, that, those guys are <laughs> those are guys you remember them because. Yeah, Art Griego is another. Art Griego is another name. Uh, another character of his. Art Griego is. He sounds a little bit like he's a, you know, a horny toad once in a while. Uh, Chris Norton is yeah. another one. My favorite yeah, character is uh, Chris Norton. Is the one. Chris that's Norton the one? is okay. the one. He's the yeah, one. He, that sounds yeah. like you know. He's got a lisp, right? Yes, that's Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not even that's uh, really funny. Uh, the only the only uh, Phil Henry one that I had to laugh at was the the guy who got out of jail for cannibalism opening up the candy shop. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, 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 I could not stop laughing at that. Oh my goodness! Oh my god! That's almost almost oh, yeah. as bad as as my favorite skit from Phil Hendry. All yeah. you yeah. can eat, all you could eat, Negro. <laughs> uh. 
Type that out on YouTube. He plays the voice of a black lady. And the whole skit is that her son was, you know, was murdered or killed and he's dead. And, you know, they're having a funeral and stuff. And she's afraid that the priests are going to eat the body of her son. And the reason is because in the Bible it says we... No, but in the Bible it says they eat the, the, the flesh of Christ, right? They, they eat of the flesh. So right. she, t- she took that as a literal interpretation. So, in other words, she thinks they're going to eat her son as cannibalism. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> and you can imagine, she's like, my baby, I don't want him to eat my baby. Is it, they're going to eat his <laughs> booty, too. Are they going to make a brother buffet? And he's going on and on with that voice of a very, very... He sounds authentic, man. Yeah. He's very authentic, like a black lady. And he goes on, and then a priest calls into the show. Uh-oh. And I'm just oh, leaving it there. Yeah. I'm just leaving it there. Go to YouTube later on tonight. Type in All You Can Eat Negro by Phil Hendry. You will literally cry yourself to tears laughing I'm, so hard. I'm afraid, I'm afraid Nancy has never heard Phil Hendry. No, no, I have, but I, I'm kind of, I'm embarrassed to say, I used to listen to him in, when I lived in California. <clears throat> um, he wasn't on Pacifica. Uh, he was on Pacifica for a long time. I think maybe he be Okay, so I listened to Pacifica a lot because uh-huh. I was doing a lot of graphic stuff and website work. And uh, we had a company called iBachelor. And I was the webmaster and stuff. So, among other things. And so, I was listening to the radio all day long. And I would hear him sometimes and I would turn him off because I thought he was making up every single voice. You know, he was just doing a bunch of... And he was. He was. No, no. I mean, (laughs) but you've told me that real people got sucked in. Oh, yeah. People were calling in. Yeah. Yeah. The callers were real. The the guest was him. The callers were all real. Yeah. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. I thought he was making up every voice. No. And I thought, that's really lame. It's like talking to yourself in a mirror. <laughs> well, he, uh, but when, he, but it, though, when you find out what it was, it's actually very brilliant. Yeah. That, oh, my goodness. You played some stuff for us. And it wasn't – maybe it was the um, – what, what was the other one you just said that we were all laughing out loud at? It wasn't the uh, – Ted's of Beverly the, Hills? Oh, oh no. The cannibal, the cannibal opening up the <laughs> yeah, candy store. Yeah, the candy store. store. Yeah. Ah, that that go. was good. And, and I like – I really, really like the – the African American woman who is opening up a uh, Mexican place called Nacho Mama. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, a, a more sophisticated version of this kind of humor. Um, it's kind of it used to be this couple called Elaine May, and I'm I'm zoning I'm zoning on her husband. Um, he became a filmmaker for the rest of his life. Very important guy, and did The Graduate. But anyway, Elaine May was one of the funniest hu- people. I think on the planet and her f- movies are funny. Uh, sadly, she produced that movie that was a, w- one of the biggest failures of all time. And it's always talked about Lor- It's not Lawrence of Arabia, but it was the, when uh, Dustin Hoffman, I think in Beatty, Warren Beatty were in the desert. Ishtar. Ishtar. Ishtar was Ishtabad. It was Ishtabad. <laughs> It's really amazing that you remember yes. that. By the, yeah. by, the, by the way, I'm going to sidetrack everyone and get back to the actual news of ufology. Why? Go for it. Go for it. Yes, go. Okay, go. come on, Nancy. Tell us what's going on in the world of ufology. But see, I was hoping my Elon Musk hyperloop was going to take us away from the world of ufology because, quite frankly, I'll tell you the only thing going on right now is uh, I can tell you the truth or I can tell you the um, the friendly version, the version not – okay, not the truth – in other words, I could bring gossip. I could I could easily fill my fifteen minutes here 
with gossip. And what's happening right now is all the gossip that's swirling around about the slides, the Roswell slides. Oh, yeah. Those, yeah. Are, those are ridiculous. Yeah. And they blew them up and they found that they were, uh, it was a baby, right? They blew yep, up yep, the yep. words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the important thing about it is that there are several people, I'd say the pillars of UFO credibility. There are th- three slash four. That's funny, Nancy. Five. What? UFO Wait, credibility? Yeah, that's very funny. Uh, pillars. Oh, uh, pillars. Pillars was the pillars funny. of pillars UFO of credibility. credibility. Yeah, yeah there were. They they used to be so, and, and quite you know, frankly, I would say, you I would said say honestly, earlier, a, pil- a pillar would be Stanton. A yes. pillar would be Travis. Stanton is not sullied by this, and neither is Bill Burns. I'm happy to say, um, but Kevin Randall, I think, stepped aside very early. I think, but he was. So? He was. Huh? Yeah, but he was a big deal. He was, last I heard, being part of the Dream Team and stuff. And that's number one. Mistake mm. number one, do not call yourself Dream Team, period. Okay? From that point, point on, it's downhill. Yes. Because, you know, give me a break. Everybody who's not on the Dream Team hates you. <laughs> dream Team. Oh, anyway. Is, uh, there's like, no air right. of aloofness there, really. None. None. <laughs> None. Really. None. Yeah. None. And then, and then mistake number two, and this is the fatal mistake, charge money to disclose information. Stupid. Ooh, Please. Hiss. If you have real information, I'll tell you, let me give you a hint. Yep. Uh, we, we've been approached by scammers our whole UFO life, including scammers that were, but sometimes I would bite and I would get excited and think maybe. Um, but if I had a real thing of any kind, if I had a real sighting or a real item or a real story or uh, real artifact stuff, I would tell everybody I could think of. I would... I, I a, do. Yeah, I'd make a Wikipedia huh? of it so that nobody could bother me and everybody could research well, it. My theory, yeah. Nancy, and well, not my theory, my, my belief is that the truth should be free. Well, it will worm its way into freedom, no matter what you do. I think truth. I think truth is like you know when you when you when you die and you go into the ground and mm-hmm. worms come through and and worms, worms crawl in and worms the crawl worms out. Grow out. Worms play pinochle on your scalp, and pinochle is not spelled the way it says. That that confused me forever. I P- have no idea. Pinochle is spelled pinochle. Pinochle. I have like- a rather interesting story. If you want to hear it. Sure. About well, Angel's show. It's Angel's and the other guys. Thank you, thank, you, thank you, Nancy. Thank you for answering for me. Go ahead, go ahead Tony. Uh, I had a UFO story that uh, that's probably one of the biggest things that ever happened to me, especially because it involved military. Okay. okay. Continue. Yeah, continue. Go ahead. Okay. Indeed. Well, me and a friend went out uh, to a place, and I kept trying to ask him, where, where are you bringing me? He said, there's this cool tree house. Uh, when we were about uh, 21 years old, and I was like, uh, well, you know, I'm a 21-year-old, you know, I'm not really into tree houses. And he goes, you got to see this. So we started driving. I go, well, how long is it going to take to get there? You know, because we were on the road for like a half an hour. And he, he goes, not long, much longer. So finally we get there. It's this farm. It's like an entire farm right on the Missouri River. And uh, there's cornfields everywhere. We're driving down this dirt road. I'm like, is this even legal to be in this property? You know, he goes, don't worry about it. So we go, we get right up next to the Missouri River, and he 
parks the VW and we get out. We walk over to this tree and I see the treehouse is up there about 25 feet. I go, man, it's up there a little bit. Uh, actually, it's probably more like 30 feet. And so uh, we climb up there and it's hanging over the river. So it's a little precarious because it's like, you know, if you fall in, you fall into the river. Mm. So uh, we climb up there and we're sitting up there and we're smoking a joint. And There's a uh, lot of smoking joints on the show tonight. Just right on. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I said, well, I wouldn't have gone out there if you didn't have it anyway. So, uh, But uh, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm paying attention to the stars because it's absolutely clear night. And I, I see this star that's a little bigger than normal. I'm thinking, well, it's probably Jupiter or something. It's probably a planet. And uh, all of a sudden, it starts flashing. And I go, well, stars don't flash like this, you know. So... I started paying more attention to it. I didn't even say anything to him. I was just curious about it. And it started flashing more, and it started to seem like it was making some movement towards us, you know? And I go, hey, check this uh, Check this out. This is a plane coming in, I guess. And he looked over at it, and, you know, we were pretty convinced it was just a plane coming in. But uh, as it got closer, I started noticing that it was, making leaps, uh, and, you know, forward and back. And I was like, well, you know, I told him, look at that. That's not normal. You know, and he goes, oh, that's just wind hitting a plane. That's all that is. That's just wind hitting a plane. Was it getting bigger? Was the light? It, it, getting- was, it was getting, it was getting bigger. Mm. And uh, as it got closer, I was amazed that it was coming towards us, you know? So, uh, I started, I got up, I stood up and, you know, I was getting ready, you know, to freak out a little bit. I I got, I got, I got a question for you. Was this pre or post smoking the doobie? This was, this was uh, post, but uh, it didn't matter because, 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 yeah, (laughs) no. I don't hallucinate off pot. I, I definitely don't. So sucks to be you. Anyway, man. <laughs> anyway, well, I, I was trying to, I was trying to, you know, say to myself, this is just a plane, you know, trying to believe him that it's just wind hitting the plane. And as it got closer, I noticed that it was not just a little bit stopping and going. It was jumping forward and back, hundreds of feet, hundreds of feet. And uh, so I told him, and he goes, calm down, calm down, because I started yelling a little bit. And as it got closer, I noticed the big light that it had on it went off, and all of a sudden there's two rectangular lights, and it was getting really close now, but it was still jumping back and forth. And as it got closer, I started screaming at it. I said, come here, that's not a plane. I started waving it over. And my friend said, shut up, shut Mm -hmm. up, you know, because there was a farmhouse not too far away. And uh, as it got closer, it shut off the two rectangular lights and drifting forward and back. And it started drifting really slowly with all the lights off. But you could see the silhouette, and there was a starlit and moonlit night, so you could see the silhouette of it. And it was kind of like a UFO shape, more like a uh, cigar shape. Hmm. And... uh, all of a sudden, you could hear this like spray sound. And all of a sudden, this orange stuff started coming off in the front of it. 
and dissipating off the back of it, kind of like uh, the tail on a sperm. And uh, yeah. wow. it was really airy looking, you know. So I said, you know what? I'm glad I'm not under that. That stuff looks radioactive, you know. And my friend didn't say a word at that point. He knew he knew from this point on that was not a plane. And uh, as it got closer, and I'm getting a little shaky just thinking about this because this was very scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got closer, and I, I, I said, fuck it. I, I screamed as loud as I could. And I said, yeah. hey. And as soon as I did it, the mist stopped. It stopped on a dime, and it put a light on us. And, uh, well, it seemed like it was on us. You couldn't really tell if it was pointed at us, but it seemed like it was. And as soon as it did, I got this visual, and I swear I've never had anything like this happen to me ever in my life. It was like a visual of four beings on board sitting in a row, and one of the beings was smirking like the third in in the row, and the first one said something to me. He said, so you want to get on board? get sliced and diced into a thousand different pieces and possibly put back together and possibly sent on your way. We can do that. Wow. And as soon as I, as soon as it said mm-hmm. that, I jumped out of this treehouse. I just turned around and blindly, I think I put one foot on the first ladder and just jumped down. And my friend followed me and we were lucky not to break her legs. And uh, we ran. Well, did your friend jumping. have any, any psychic uh, communications himself with with it. Uh, I I didn't remember asking him, but I told him that I got a bad feeling from it, you yeah. know. Uh, but that was later. We got in the VW man. after we ran to the VW, got in it, and we started taking off. I said, "Get out of here!" I had a bad feeling. I got a bad visual about that thing. And he goes, "What do you mean?" I go, "Just it was it was not a good it was not good. Let's go. Let's get out of here." You know, so he started, we started driving off the dirt road and we got about not even, not even a hundred yards and he stopped the VW and he goes, I got to see if I can see that thing again. We got to stop using the F word, by the way, on the air. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. That's sorry second, about that's that. That's the second F bomb. Uh, we do got to move sorry on though. Uh, the story is uh, getting a little long in the tail there. Uh, Tony, I got to let you go. We got to move on to uh, the next segment. We have okay. a guest waiting on the wings here. Uh, thanks for calling okay. in though. The uh, Damsky story was very, very interesting by the way. Uh, yeah, call, keep in touch, Tony. Definitely, yeah. I will. Yeah. Right. Take care, buddy. Thanks follow for calling up. in. We can do some following up. All right, too many F-bombs. Following up. Guys, if you call in, please, no F-bombs. Um, we have about five minutes uh, before we go on break. Uh, Alan. Yes. Are you ready? I am ready. What am I ready for? Are you for? ready for the messages? Oh, tells. Stop blast. with the tails. It's messages or blasts. There's no tails. I know. I still like Enough for the tails. No, there's no tails. And now, Ed, Ed. messages through the a-hole. Chime in if you want to, but you don't need oh, to. Oh, right. Here, we're, we're, guys, we're live on air. It's not ladylike. Eh, sure is, Nancy. Actually, you might want to be on this. Uh, there's a couple of good questions here. Uh, and we only have about five minutes, so we got to go through these quick. So no long-winded answers. Okay. Okay. Burns. There you go. <laughs> First one comes from a, a person named Jenny, and I'm taking this as a woman. Okay. Nowadays, you never know. Uh, Jenny wants to know, what's the best abduction story you've ever heard? 
Um, wow, that's a good question. This is a, Travis. A really good. I would go with Travis myself, yeah. yeah. Travis, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. Hmm. Nancy? I have to say that the stories that uh, John Mack put in his book were the ones that scared me the most. I couldn't really finish the book. He had uh, you know, regressed people, even though hypnosis is under dispute. Um, uh-huh. Basically, their terror, each and every one, different kinds of terror, no similarities, kind of terrorized me. So I would say it's the abductions in John Mack's book. Ta-da! Oh, no one particular abduction case, just everyone in that book. Well, that I mean, and that, and of course, in tra- the the forget Travis Walton. It's the it's the movie they made of his life. How, Fire how about, in the sky. Hold on, forget that. How about Betty Betty and Barney Hill? Also, I mean, there's been a lot of. Uh, good well, yeah, I mean, but the thing there, is, so. but they are a little ahead of my time, and I have, uh, I ended up being in. A, do you know what a green room is? Before yeah. you yeah. go yeah. onto a TV. Hold on, if you know, if you think they're ahead of your time, how about me? Way ahead of my time. Right, um, but I'm explaining why I kind of have a hard time. But it, but I was in a green room with Betty, and she was sitting there with uh, the head on her lap that she mm-hmm. always carried around with her. And I was waiting to go on a Philly, uh, you know, daytime AM type show. You know, those uh-huh. kind of morning shows? Yeah. yeah. Uh, with Larry Pinnacoli was the host. And the other two people in the green room were... There was uh, this woman who um, she wrote a book called When Rabbit Howls. Okay, we only got like three minutes, Nancy. Yeah, long-winded. long-winded. Yeah, right. it goes on. It goes on. Anyway, yeah. so Betty Hill. Eh, I don't know. I'm sure okay, she's good. wonderful. Oh, sorry. We got Travis, Travis, and everything in a book. Good. Next, uh, we got uh, here Tommy. <laughs> I, think you de- I think you diminish my contributions. No, your contribution is lovely. Uh, Tommy wants to know how do you feel about NASA? Well. I'll take this one on first. Never a straight it, answer is what you it stole it from out. me. Jesus, man! Never a straight answer. Said it once, though. You probably ought to just, you know, tuck it away. That's hmm. what she said. But uh, in all honesty, NASA, yeah, nasty little organization that lies to the public. That's what I think of NASA. So, Nancy, well, if you other? ask Richard Hoagland, he could give you a totally different answer. He believes it's basically um, an occult. Um, monument to occult achievements, etc. Everything yeah, at nasty NASA. Organization. Nasty little organization. Yeah. We'll never get a straight answer from them, plain and simple. Now, uh, now, Raul is next here. He wants to know, what's your favorite conspiracy or UFO book for me to read? Another good question. Um, I would go with uh, first, uh, you know, Behold a Pale Horse. Never. Oh, that's, never. That, that's nasty. That, I'll that's tell you why. Book. It's very Great nasty book. if you if you're female and you start reading oh, this. Boy. Here we go. No, no. Right. Well, you know, you can say what you want, but if he Long were anti, answers. if he were okay. anti uh, Cubans, you wouldn't like that. I wouldn't care. It's a good book. No, yes, you would. If he if he's I saying know, you should be book. kind of herded, like in other words, he believes that women should basically, you know, follow their men. Uh, well, he's an old school type of guy. But anyway, a lot of the information there is pretty interesting. Whether mm-hmm. you believe it or not, whether it's real or not, it's still pretty interesting stuff. Uh, another one would be The Day After Roswell. That's another good book by Philip J. Corso and, of course, William J. Burns' contribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good book. Uh, there's a lot of good books in ufology. Uh, what do you think, Alan? Um, I like Behold the Pale Horse. It was a very interesting read, to say the least. 
Yep. Um, Did you guys both read Atlas Shrugged? Yeah, actually, I do like Ayn Rand. Actually, I didn't read Atlas Shrugged, but I did watch all three of the movies. Wow. You didn't read it. Oh, it's a it's a rite of passage. Um, it is I, one I of the was great science fiction. It's one of the great science fiction stories. It's so worthwhile for that purpose. No, Such Cloud a great Atlas. Science fiction. Now, if you turned around and said Cloud Atlas, that would be a is, whole Did you read story. that book? Is that good? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. Great yeah. book, the, horrible, horrible movie. But anyway. Who's the writer on Cloud Atlas? I don't know off the top of my head to tell you the truth. Yeah. But it's a good book, eh? Yes, it is it a is. good book, yes. You should definitely check it out. Uh, so that's uh, that answer. Uh, therefore, Mr. Raul. What's right, the next that, question we got? Last question is from Peter before we go on break here. He wants to know, why do people still not believe Travis? Well, it's very simple, Peter. They're idiots. Yeah. But, because they be- they believe solid. in the Bible as the word of God, and we're in the middle of Alabama, and I can make some even funnier jokes because everything that's in the Bible is real and, and not an allegory in any way, shape, or form, even though it was edited in the Middle Ages by, by a couple of different kings, to say the least, to be reprinted in uh, monasteries, and, 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 and it's exactly the way the Lord wanted it to be. See, that's what I was talking about long-winded answers. But but anyway. but 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 you hired us because we're long-winded. That way that's you true. can that way you can spin in your chair and stuff while we're talking. This is that's true. Right. I need my tacos and burritos, <laughs> guys. We're gonna go on break now, and when we come back, actually, we are gonna be joined by our guest tonight. Costa Macreas is gonna be back on with us. Hey. Hollis Paul. Hey. I uh, got confirmation while uh, you guys were giving your long-winded Yay. answers. Uh, they will be on the show. So uh, taking us out now is Tim Branham with Taxman, Nancy Burns. Thank you for being on Skywatchers Radio. See you Again. soon. See you next week. I'll see week. you soon, Nancy. Okay, bye. We'll be back in two minutes with our guests. All right. This is Skywatchers Radio. Stick around. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-orientated discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network, live at 8 p.m. Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth.
tired of being lied to by the government when it comes to aircrafts that are flying over the skies. Let's explore the mysteries together. Tune in every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 1 a.m. Eastern. When Project Moondust was first exposed, the Air Force explanation to a United States senator was that uh, we never had a project named, named Moondust. Behind the tree was this gigantic, huge glass dome. Skywatchers Radio. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with Key Information Solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let Key Information Solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. The UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes, and, you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. Hello, my name is Howard Hughes, and I'm in London, and I've been proud to bear this name all my life. Over here in the UK, I'm known as a broadcast journalist. I've been involved in some of the big stories of our time. The fall of the Berlin Wall. The death of Princess Diana. I told London about that. And on the first and second anniversaries of 9-11, I was there at Ground Zero, speaking to the people who were directly involved and those experiences I will never forget. So news is my thing. But my great love is my show, the one that I produce, The Unexplained. Over the years on this show, I've spoken to people like the late Al Bielik from the Philadelphia Experiment, Edgar Mitchell, the amazing Apollo astronaut, Dr. Stephen Greer, David Icke, and Uri Geller. People like Richard C. Hoagland have become personal friends over the years. I met him in London. So you can see that these sort of topics are what I like to discuss. Please join me on my show from London, The Unexplained, Monday nights on the Dark Matter Network. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Talk Stream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. on water I walk a stone and I feel the power the hills have eyes and a 
coming truth I doubt the stars will ever All right, everybody, we are live on Skywatchers Radio, back on the Dark Matter Radio Network, and of course, PSN Radio. If you want to call in and ask any questions of our guest tonight, please do so at 786-245-8127. Of course, you can find us later on and hear the podcast after it's done on skywatchersradio.com. Now with us is a returning guest and somebody who we almost... By accident, didn't have on tonight, and I was really kind of like bummed out if he wasn't going to make it on because we had such a great time with this gentleman when he was here a few weeks back. Of course, I'm talking about the one, the only Costa Gus Macreas. I'm just going to call you Gus. Can I call you Gus? No, you can call me Costa. Damn, I wanted to call him Gus. <laughs> oh, okay, Costa. No, you can Costa. It's Costa. Costa. Hey, very no. good. Very good. Very good. Now you you had such a good time here that you didn't come alone this time. You brought a friend. Thomas I did, Polk. and I like that's it. no friend. That's my wife. Yeah, Sorry. I was just a friendly start. wife. Friend so much, I married her. So bada dum bada dum. Yes, this is my my lovely other half, Hollis Polk. Polk. Yeah. Welcome Hi. to the show, Hollis. Thank it's a you. pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hollis, you know, the audience already knows a little bit about Gus over here, Gus, and, you know, they still don't know you, so tell the audience who's listening in. I know you've done radio in the past. Uh, you told me that earlier, and uh, that's cool. I mean, how long have it, has it been since you've done your own radio show? A couple years, actually, about two years. Um, what kind of a radio show was it? Well, I'm a clairvoyant, among other things, and so I was the host, and I was interviewing other people. It was kind of a more spiritually oriented show, so... Spiritual things, psychic things, relationship things. Um, it was it was really fun, actually. Nice. And I had some great guests. Um, what, favorite... what made you stop doing the show, though? Why'd you uh, stop doing it? Let's just say other things became more important. And and oh. honestly, I don't know Fair how enough. much time it takes you guys to produce this show, but it took me about eight hours a week to produce a one-hour show. Wow. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. So, well, because it was just me, right? I didn't have a co-host, so I had to have a lot of material in case my guests didn't show up or they, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I, ha- I have a co-host and I have the same problem, so don't feel bad. Oh, yeah, thanks. Go ahead. Rub it in. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. We believe you. Yeah. what do you do? I go on without him. There the you go. The show must go on. Yeah, so, when he then, doesn't show up, when he doesn't show up, he does a rerun. Yeah, so the, the he, world is he, good. He, he, he never lets me do things by myself. Aw, poor baby. How Alan, do you think you could actually do this show by yourself? Probably not, but it would be fun to watch everybody <laughs> listen to me fail. Okay, here, I'm going to mute myself for the next five minutes. I want you to conduct a, a, an interview with Costa and, and Hollis here, and I'm just going to mute myself and let you talk away. Okay, I think I might be able to handle that. So as you were saying about uh, switching from doing the radio, what did you switch over to doing uh, after? Uh, Softball question. Go ahead. To be honest, to be honest, a lot of real estate. <laughs> um, okay, that, that's a fair answer. That's like a legit answer, yes. That's, that's a fair answer. Did you, have any, uh, did you end up having any crop circles on any of the real estate in that case? No. <laughs> 
I've never, you know, I've never seen a crop circle. I actually would like to. It, you know, it's one of those things in the glorious future. Yes. Okay. Have well, you ever you seen know. a UFO? Have you had a, any kind of sighting? Oh yeah. Oh, have I seen UFOs? So, um, well, w- we figure since Costa was here before, but he didn't tell you nope. how I came to be interested in ETs. We'll tell he you did now. Not. Yes, uh, sounds good. Okay. W- would you like to t- us to tell you a story, Alan? <laughs> sure. Tell us a story. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me get myself tucked into bed. Let me get the book out. No. no don't tell us. This- how about, this how about is this? this is why Costa, he's the other guy. Costa, right Costa, <laughs> no, no, no. You know, you're supposed to be out of this, Angel. Costa, don't tell me story. Story. Tell me the truth. Stormy. Tell me the facts. Yeah, and I certainly will. Um, this they're sto- the same thing. They're the same not thing. Not always. Correct. A story well, and facts are not world. always the same thing. In my world, they are. I. You're lucky. Call me crazy. I have integrity. Okay, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> you're okay. one of the few and the rare. Makes was at least one of us on this call, or two of us on this call, has integrity. Oh, guy, what about you? Four. No, the two of you. I said. <laughs> at least the two of the four have integrity on the show. What do you Ooh. think, uh, other guy? You have any yeah, integrity left? Yeah, I I sold my soul to the devil, and you know he came collecting the other day. So yeah. Yes. Actually, he came to me and wanted to give you back. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> no refunds. We said no refunds, man. You're stuck. So this starts in 2006 when my childhood interest in UFOs, which had been pretty dormant because I, uh, after childhood, went on and did really normal things other than read about UFOs and look at the sky, like, you know, get an education, get get a job, married, have kids, remarried, etc. However, in 2006, everything changed when I discovered the Disclosure Project, which had a lot of... um, Witnesses who came from the military, from government, corporations who talked about very soberly UFOs and the activities they'd been involved in. This made me so interested that I went on a week's field trip to Mount Shasta here in Northern California, which um, involved um, multi-hour nightly training under the stars, learning a proper way to meditate with the group in order to do human initiated contact with extraterrestrials. And that was the the secret sauce. Uh, Instead of waiting half my life, like many other people for an encounter to happen, this was so very different where we actually initiated the contact, held the contact and got a conversation going. So as part of that week long of learning these, uh, a close encounter of the fifth kind protocols that uh, that make the ET connection. I um, I had uh, up close and personal experiences. I think I probably talked about that the last time I was on the show. Mm-hmm. But um, every morning after the previous evening, when we were out for several hours and seeing all kinds of things, and keep in mind this was this was life changing for me. It's one thing to hear other people's secondhand stories all your life. But to have your own experience is something else. So, Well, we have to back up and say, when Costa told me he wanted to go, I was like, go, honey, have a good time. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure it's all true, but it doesn't affect my life. Go. Right. Enjoy yourself. Guess yourself-. what? Things changed when he got back, didn't it? Three <laughs> weeks later. Well, hold, hold that, <laughs> hold hold that, that thought, thought. Kimosabi. Uh, <laughs> um, even, even okay, Tanto it, Costa. Even sooner and stranger-er than you think. Stranger-er. Um, stranger-er. Not just stranger. Stranger-er. Squared. What happened was um, every morning I would uh, 
call Hollis back home four hours away and tell her about the previous night's activities. And there was always something going on the ground or in the sky. And it was also new that I was uh, very excited and told her, like I am sitting you know, here now telling your audience and you, stories about what I'd seen in the sky that did not behave like anything we knew about and that would flash you on. You were as giddy as a schoolgirl. Yes. Yeah. I, know the, I, know, I know the feeling. Is someone talking out of class? I, I am male, and I'm staying that way for right now, but I was pretty giddy. You know, and then if I change my mind, you'll be the first to get that interview, okay? Um, yes. Sure, Mr. He'll be, Jenner. He'll, he'll be your sure. Diane Sawyer. Yeah, sure, Mr. Sawyer. or Miss Jenner, if you say so. <laughs> if I say so. So about the fourth morning or maybe the fifth where I'm – doing this hour-long download to Hollis, telling her, ooh, 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 here's what happened last night, ooh, ooh, ooh. Before I could get started, she stopped me and said, wait a minute, I've got a story for you this time, and I'll let her take it from here. Okay. So the night before, I I was sitting in bed reading, you know, like you do, and I turned right. off the light. You know how, like, you're kind of still sitting up in bed when you're reading, and then you turn out the light, and then you kind of have to, like, kind of roll over to and get down under the covers. Well, I turned out the light, but I was still sitting mm-hmm. up and there were these four little beings standing around the foot of the bed looking at me. Okay. And I mean, okay. I mean and okay, I'm clairvoyant, but there are two different kinds of clairvoyance. There's internal clairvoyance where you get images, pictures, whatever of things. Sometimes they're real, sometimes they're symbolic. Right. And then there's external clairvoyance where you see auras, where you see beings, where you see with your eyes things that most people can't yet see. I'm not overly good at the external clairvoyance. You know, every now and then in the right light, I'll see somebody's aura, but I don't even see it in colors. I see like a gray thing, you know, I don't see much. Right. But when I so you don't over, think that, so you don't think this was that then? No. Okay. This was with my eyes. I, there were these four little beings. They were hmm. white, and it, they were kind of. They were. It was. All, it was like, okay. They were white. They were three and a half to four feet tall. They, you know, they had a head, two arms. I assume they had two legs, but I don't really know because they were standing around the foot of the, the bed. You know, and I can't. Mm-hmm. The bed cut that off. Um, the heads were a little bit large. I couldn't see distinct features or anything. So you didn't, you couldn't tell they were like the distinctive, uh, like the grays, for example, that everybody well, talks about. Well, it's funny you should mention that. Um, actually, just about a year ago, I had a chance to talk to Clifford Stone. Okay. Uh, yep. Okay. And he said, I described what I was seeing, and he, kind of a long story, but he went, oh yeah, those are type two grays. And then he pulled out a painting that somebody else had done of these beings. Oh, Wow. It was actually quite amazing. He he had brought this painting to a conference that we were all speaking at, and he uh-huh. thought he was going to use it in his con- in his talk, but he didn't. And then he went, "Oh, now I know why I brought it. I bought it for you." <laughs> so anyway, these that beings, must have freaked you out when you saw that. Well, well, here's the funny part: they were looking at me. There was so much love coming from them that I couldn't be afraid. Like they were so sweet. I, I can't even, I mean, way better than humans, right? Um, like, you know, the, the nicest dog you've ever met? Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of energy, just all okay. heart. And they were really curious, and they were just looking at me with this curiosity, like, who are you? 
That's all. They just want to know who I was. And I, I was shocked. I was not at all scared, but I was just shocked because I had never seen, I mean, this had nothing even remotely like this had ever happened to me before. So did they reach out to you at all? I mean, no, what they the just like, like? looked at me. They just looked at you. Okay. Yeah. They just stood there looking at me. And so long. God, I was a couple minutes. I mean, it, in a way it seemed like forever, but I know it wasn't very long. And I thought to myself, oh, I can, because I knew, right, because they, I could telepathically hear them go, who are you? So I knew that, that we could have this telepathic conversation. And, um, and I thought, oh, God, what do I ask them? You know, because I, I couldn't, I was so shocked, right? And it's not like you plan for this. Right. So the only thing I could think to ask them was, where are you from? It was the only thing that I mean, and I racked my brain. All I mean, that's a logical question. I think anybody in that situation would want to find. That. I mean, even Betty Hill, uh, her first question to the aliens were, "Where are you guys from?" I mean, that's oh really logical. Yeah, that was one, that was. Yep. I think that was probably the first thing she asked them. Cool. And I think one of the, one of the answers uh, they gave her were, was, uh, "Do you know your star system? Do you know like the the map of the universe? Do you know where you are?" And she was like, "No, no." And they're like, "Well, so does it really matter if I tell you where I'm from? It's not like you're gonna know." And then they showed her anyway, like a diagram, and she drew later on the the star map that uh, NASA looked for for like ten years until they actually found the location of the of the stars that she was uh, pointing out in the star map that they showed her. Uh, so, yeah, I mean uh, that's a very logical question to ask. I would okay. ask the same thing. So what I heard in my mind, and it came out very slowly, and I'll be honest. Well, okay, I'll tell you what I heard, and then I'll don't lie to us. Don't lie to us. So what I heard was. Arcturus, like that, but and and I had never consciously heard of this. But it's possible that somewhere, you know, in the depths of my unconscious, I had heard that and dredged it up. Okay, so okay. while I know those beings were there, I could not possibly have made that up. I could. It's possible I could have made up where they were from. Like that's possible. I don't think so, but it's possible. And then, okay. and, and then I was still so shocked I couldn't think of anything else to ask them. And after a while, we just stared at each other for a while, and then they just sort of melted away, kind of. What? They were well, on. They melted away. Well, you know what I mean. They like disappeared. They dematerialized. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Good. So well, they faded melting out. into yeah, they're they faded fading out. out. Yeah, that's a better way of putting them melting away because that yeah. that's more like Terminator Two technology. No, no, no. Uh, sorry, and and you should know. <laughs> although I was totally a space geek as a kid, I uh-huh. never watched. I didn't do anything with sci-fi. Nothing. Oh, really? I was not even remotely interested in science fiction. Um, the only thing that I ever you know, anything besides the space program, which again, I was very into as a kid. Um, the only other thing was my dad gave me, um, chariots of the gods by Eric Van Duniken. And I ah, read that and that was, that, that was it. Yep. So no sci-fi, nothing. It, you know, I mean, obviously that book had kind of primed me like, Oh, they probably were here. Um, but th- there's a long way to go from that. And, you know, the DVD of the witnesses to right. here they are in my bedroom. Well, let me ask you, have you had any other encounters since then with not the aliens? Like with the same beings or not okay. More in depth. I mean, I've had I've had other things happen where um one time up at Mount Shasta, Costa and I were meditating, it was nighttime. We were out in the woods by ourselves mm-hmm. and um this little being, it started off as kind of like a ball of light. Um boy, about 
a little higher than the level of my heart um, and closer than the length of my arm to me. Um, there's like a little ball of light and eventually it sort of like got longer and it materialized into a very small being that stood on my knee. Interesting. It stood on my left knee and I, I mean, I could feel it. There was like a pressure on my knee. Okay, so it wasn't like a, a material that was see-through and, and really not organic. You, you could actually feel something like sitting I on your knee. I could feel it. Yeah, I could feel a pressure on my knee, and I could sort of see this little being. Again, I mean, what did, what did it feel like? Did it just feel like pressure? Did you feel like a slimy substance? I mean, what no, kind of it's just, well, I had on a lot of clothes. It was We were outdoors. Um, how about a cat? Um, yeah, vaguely like you know if you know if a it was lighter than than a cat. Of course, my cats are pretty big, but um, you know how if you have a cat's paw on you, okay, like, it's kind kind of like that. Okay, you know there was just like a little pressure on my knee, and I could see this little being, and then again, it wasn't there. That one wasn't there even a minute. I mean, that was probably you know thirty seconds or something. It wasn't there very long, and then it just. <laughs> <laughs> went back into its little ball and then disappeared. Wow. And during that same week is when I had, well, let me back up um, to the story about the, the ETs in, in our bedroom. As Hollis is telling me this story over the phone, you know, my jaw's like hitting the ground. Like, wow, how did that happen? I'm supposed to be having all the action up here. Well, and I know how it happened, right? They followed his thought energy to me. And that's right. Um, you know, energy follows thought, and we're all connected anyway. So somehow these beings from Shasta wondered where all this great amount of energy that I was putting out every morning, where it ended. And apparently they somehow found the destination uh, at our home and traced it to Hollis. And that's why they were wondering, okay, who's this guy talking to? Who are you? Why are you so important? Why is he spending all this time? You know, that kind of thing. So Hollis, after she tells me this story and I'm gathering my jaw off the ground going, that's really cool. She says next, you know, whereas she before had just been supportive and said to me, you know, you go on the expedition. I'm not that interested. I don't see how it affects my life. Now her comment after this experience was, Next year, I'm coming with you, cowboy. <laughs> no. And she she did. For many years after that, we had um, other encounters and experiences as well. Well, and we still do. And you asked about other experiences. One time, um, our local group went up to, you know, its normal location. And it was cold. It was wintertime. And again, you know, I'm really bundled up. And next to me, I, I mean, we're in a big circle. And, you know, when we're sitting in a circle outside, there are feet between each person in the circle. Right, right, right. So, you know, there's at least four or five, maybe five feet, because the person to my right was pretty far away. And I started to feel this warmth off to my right side. I thought, okay, that, I mean, it's nighttime. There's a slight breeze. It's no freaking campfire? out. Nighttime is the right time. I'm sorry? No campfire or anything? No, 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 no. Why would you have a campfire when you're looking for things in the dark? That's that's a good point. So, no. I mean, to roast the marshmallows and the hot dogs in case you need snacks. <laughs> that's another good point. Back-to-back <laughs> no, back back. good points. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, so there was no normal earthly reason for there to be, like, warmth next to me. Like, and I could, I actually, I took off my mittens and... And I could feel 
like the outlines of something. And I was like, hey, you guys, come over here. And every, almost everybody in the group came over and they all felt it too. So there was a being standing right next to me. Okay. You know, what, uh, what it was or what it looked like, you know, I don't know. But there was no normal explanation for that warmth. Warm spot. Yeah. And, Which and is it, weird because we always hear when it comes to apparitions, uh, we always hear that there's cold spots. This will be like the first warm-blooded being that comes from the other side as a, a spirit. But it's not, okay, but I think there's a difference between a living being that's maybe incorporeal, um, you know, from another galaxy or whatever, um, or even another star in our galaxy, as opposed to somebody who's dropped his body and is only a spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, I completely understand where you're going with this, but I'm just saying, in general, the the term, you know, you're, you're talking about an apparition like a spirit or a ghost or some uh, kind of entity like that. Uh, normally, we, you know, we we've been told at least for a long period of time that there always are cold spots associated with these kind of apparitions. Uh, so the fact that it's a warm spot, it's kind of a, a strange. It's, it's different. Well, we're in the network of um, ET. Or am I am I off on that? By the way. Is, is there is there like a trend of you know warm spots being associated with uh, apparitions? If you're asking it's, me on the ghost hunting side, no. Yeah, I don't think so. Go, go well, ahead. I'll, Sorry, I'll, I'll address that in the in the um, ET Let's Talk Network. Um, we have teams all over the world that are doing this human initiated contact um, uh-huh. every month, like clockwork, for the last four and a half years. I hear lots of stories that are reported back to me about different and varied kinds of ET encounters. Among those stories are other um, encounters with uh, feelings of warmth as well from, from entities. And sometimes people will actually see ETs, not, not just have the feeling. So the warmth is not... Um, in fact, I don't hear the cold really mentioned that much. Well, may, maybe is the, the cold spots are for like the human apparitions and the warm maybe. spot is for the aliens' apparitions. So that's a... difference. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's yeah, just like a, a, a general top-level kind of differentiation yeah. you can make. But th- what I want to do is for your audience is put this into a larger context in that mm-hmm. what Hollis and I are describing are our personal and varied over time stories uh, of contact. And in the ET Let's Talk community at uh, etletstalk.com, remember, I'm right. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah. Etletstalk.com. We have that's five. Five thousand members in fifty countries or more, and we do this every month. So mm-hmm. we do it very consciously and deliberately, uh, linking up with each other in meditation, kind of as a as a community. We may never most of us meet each other, but because of this particular interest, we join in our visualization and in our meditation as a kind of united group, coordinating our ET contact, and then we report back to each other on the website. Um, the experiences we've had. So what Hollis and I have been describing here is by no means um, we're not we're not special. We just right. learned right, right. We just learned how to do a certain protocol to connect. Hundreds, if not thousands, mm-hmm. of other people have done the same thing. And yeah, no. In fact, when we spoke last time, you said that anybody could learn how to really do this if they really try and put their mind to it. Right. Right, and the the, the key thing is. Um, you know, and I'm going to get new agey here on you, but it's um, it's vibration and intention, which means if uh, you approach it with um, any fear or really a skeptical heart and spirit, 
kind of a kick the tires, prove it to me attitude, uh, you're not setting up the kind of like open welcome collaboration that many of these advanced civilizations really are going to tune into. However, if you uh, approach them with um, goodwill and open heart, a welcoming spirit, and even if you're not maybe sure, but are at least open to the fact that you might have an experience, then you're good to go. And if you find, if you're lucky enough to find one or more other people to join you in a group, um, you join together and do group meditations, and, and everyone seems to roll their own kind of meditation. But they carry those same values all along, that, that openness that I mentioned, the goodwill, the love that they approach these civilizations with. And I tell you, people get results. Um, just this last weekend when we had one of our monthly events, uh, my L.A. team had flyovers of actual objects that they could see. I mean, not just distant lights in the sky that would flash on and off and move erratically, which a lot of us get, but um, objects that had shape and color and pulsing lights and made no noise and were close enough, uh, and there were multiple ones, to be seen that way. And that's that's a, a dramatic result, but it's by no means unique. Other people have had that. Um, so the question is really not just about the lights in the sky, but who are the pilots of these? Why, why are they here? Um, why do they want to contact with us? Uh, we're pretty violent species. You could ask yourself, why the hell would they bother? Right? Like, yeah, that's yeah. down here. But well, yeah, no, and if you follow like uh, what Dr. Michio Kaku has said about the way civilizations evolve, uh, we're we're type zero civilization, and for us to make that leap to type one, uh, we might not even get there because we might blow ourselves out of existence because we're such a war fearing race and we love to that, battle each other. So hold on, here's another theory. Don't forget, I mean, you know, we might be just being bred to be a warlike species to be cannon fodder in some other species war. Honestly, I don't believe. Mm, I don't that, know. I don't know about that either. But yeah, I I don't actually believe that our our extraterrestrial friends will let that happen. Earth is too good a planet to lose. Well, it, it's great breeding mm. ground, but think about it: how much of our prehistory has been wiped clean time and time again? True, very true. Well, that may have that that may be true as we're discovering with ancient astronauts and stuff, and in in um, an archaeology. But the point is, we're focused in the now, and we have, like today, an opportunity when truly humanity has the ability to obliterate practically all life on Earth. We believe, and actually we've been told in the context we've, been, we've made with ET intelligence, that they're here by their millions for many civilizations because we are such at a tipping point where we can destroy it all. And because they have gone through that and succeeded uh, in surviving, they're, they're here wanting to help on a mass scale. Now, I'm not saying there maybe aren't bad actor alien races that have been out there, but our latest information is that those have been removed. Mm. And that well, what, what, is, what is left now is a, is a real unique opportunity to engage um, the benevolent ones and uh, end this... Uh, this truth embargo that's been hiding them, that all the governments have been uh, climbing. Well, here, here's a question, though, Custis, and uh, this is a, a very, very easy way for them to, to address their existence. Why don't they just show up 
and just make themselves known to the entire planet. Land on the White House lawn. Land on you know in Area Fifty One or land on national TV uh, when they're doing something on ABC and they just yeah land, land the on the. Land Anywhere. in front of the UN building, you know. Land in front of yeah, you could land inside of, of a uh, football field or a baseball field when a game's going on. Nobody's going to miss a UFO if it lands in the middle of a baseball field. Believe me. And the way the Marlins are playing nowadays, uh, <laughs> it would be a nice distraction because they they're, they're terrible. So you can put a UFO there on the baseball city here in uh, the baseball stadium here in Florida. It'll be better than what the actual games is. Believe me, and it'll get a lot more attention. I mean, why don't they just do that? Why don't they just come out and just you know say, well, okay, well, people, you you guys have issues, and we are here to help. You know, we have been so programmed by, you know, the powers that were to fear anything that shows up. Can you imagine? I mean, look, there's a whole swath of America that can't accept our president because he's biracial. Oh, I agree. But here's here's the thing, and and I'm going to equate this to... That's somebody that's not even human. Well, here, I'm going to equate this to... Hold on. Is blue or green. No, yeah, but it's all about, it's all about hold on, but it's all about that you know getting over that first hump of yeah it's weird, but once you see them you know for a period of time, you get used to it. It's like when you first go to a strip club, and you're excited because you've never seen a naked girl before, and you're going and you're like oh man she's gonna be naked, and yeah it's great, but then after ten minutes you're like okay it's a naked girl, and you get used to it. It becomes you get desensitized to it. Now I'm not saying the aliens are equal to naked women, I'm not saying that, but the point is the same. Once you see them enough times, you'll be like okay it's an alien, okay. Well, is different. That's and that's an enlightened kind of like tolerant attitude that I think a lot of people have. Well, you just answered your old question. Maybe that's what they've been doing. Um, they, if if you, the media is really clamped down in the U.S. Let me just tell you that. Uh, other parts of the world, though, there's a lot more belief, and there have been a lot of sightings that have made mainstream media than, than what we've been accustomed to here. So, in effect. ET races, various stripes, have been showing themselves bit by bit, sometimes broad daylight, fleets of them, um, to thousands of witnesses for decades. And the reason you're asking this question is because you live in the freaking United States, and there are five media companies that own every newspaper, radio station, magazine, television station, and they're part of a truth embargo. Don't get me started. Are Are you saying they're lying to us? <laughs> is that what you're saying that they lie on CNN about wars of opportunity and so many other things? And, and I'm sorry, you asked why they didn't show up in mass. Remember the Phoenix Lights? Remember that? Yeah, but they didn't land anywhere. It's not like they land and they're like, "Okay, take me to your dealers or whatever." A ship that was seen by ten thousand people for two miles. But I eh. guess them, unless they landed and got out, it doesn't count. Eh. Yeah, and the Phoenix Lights could also be, have been a hoax. It could have been a number of different things. Eh, I'm not. I'm not sold on the Phoenix Lights. The just, that's a bit said, oh, that was real. I was just trying to make fun of it to reassure people. Which even, I'm not sure. Even the government and governor admitted it. Oh um, yeah, no, I know the government came on and said, yeah, there was lights, but again, it could have been a number of things. I mean, it doesn't exactly I know have to people mean that were there underneath the thing, and they know what they saw, and they, they yeah, they saw lights. They watched lights in a coherent shape moving slowly for for many miles and they actually even followed them underneath for a while um 
But we also got to remember, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this country and many countries like ours are engineering all kinds of different aircrafts that we don't know about. And black budget projects are going on all the time. And guess what? They need to test fly these things. And I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of times when these things have been test flown, somebody has seen them and they're like, oh, my God, that must have been an alien. No more moonshine for me tonight. And that. Is a, that's partly responsible for some sightings. Sure I, I, all, I, but some. That. I agree it's partly responsible. And where do you think they got that technology? When you look at some of the Disclosure Project's tapes, video. Oh, Tesla and Einstein. That's yeah. the only ones. Well, no, some, mm-hmm. some only, only Tesla and Einstein. The witnesses have come out of the uh, black ops programs that you referred to, which do exist, mm-hmm. saying basically, yeah, we've shot down a few our boys dragged them back into a hangar, and we studied them and reverse engineered the technology and started building our own. Yeah, but none so, of that means. Yeah, but just because somebody says that doesn't mean it's real. Here's the thing: Have you heard of the Tesla UFO? Have you done any homework on that? No. Okay, Tesla was working on a UFO before he died. When he died, it was in the 40s. Remember, when he died, guess what happened? The United States government took control of everything he was working on. They they completely. Uh, went through all his paperwork, all of his projects that he was working on, including the Tesla UFO. And guess what happened right around that same time period? We defeated the Nazis, right? We inherited all their German scientists, all those brilliant minds that were in the Nazi German camps that were working for Hitler. We brought them over to the U.S., Werner von Braun and all these guys, who probably, and from some rumors, were working on some kind of aircraft very similar, the Hanabu or whatever it was called. They were working on something very similar, UFO yeah, type of thing. Engineered stuff too. No, 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 no. There's there supposedly wasn't reverse engineered as much as it was given to them uh, through spiritual me, uh, medium. That's the okay. rumor or the theory. Okay. Not it, it was like they made contact with some, some spirit uh, alien guide and they gave them the technology. That's the rumor. We don't know if that's true or not. That's just one of the working theories. There really is no official story, but that is the theory that they had something they were working on that had to do with UFOs. What we do know for a fact is that Tesla was working on a UFO. The government took all his work. They completely turned it into a black-budget project. And my belief is what crashed at Roswell is some of the same technology that Tesla was working on. That technology, they were, they were test-flying it to see if it worked. It crashed. They had to cover it up. Because guess what? What's a bigger conspiracy? Alien crash at Roswell? They could cover that up. Or not Nazi-built UFOs? that is using Tesla technology crashes at Roswell, which is a bigger story to cover up. But the thing is, um, um, there were alien bodies recovered, and there were people who testified to that, and that's just Roswell. And, and let me address something else, too. Uh, much of what you say, there is some, there's truth to that, that human-engineered projects um, have been responsible for some of the sightings. Definitely. But what did I see that materialized in front of me? A six-foot sphere for half an hour in front of 10 other people at Mount Shasta in 2006 in September. Um, that wasn't a Nazi thing. It wasn't Nikola Tesla laughing at me. Um, it, it was a real sphere, and <laughs> other people saw the, uh, the inhabitants inside, small, small beings. And it was real for, for half an hour, and then it dissolved away. Um, that's just my one experience. I can tap right now six people I know who've had up close and personal experiences like that, and some of them with actual beings that uh, that stood in front of them and telepathized with them, or entered them, or 
entered into their consciousness and spoke with them. Okay, and so there's that whole there's that whole slew of of encounters there. In addition to what you're referring to, what might have been reverse engineered from down crashes or engineered through Tesla. Tesla. Stuff. Yeah, that's technology. Yeah. yeah. So I'm saying it's possible there's a mix of all this. Oh, definitely. Oh, I'm with you 100. percent I don't think yeah, that yeah. it's all oh, just one thing. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely uh, look. There's definitely some paranormal going on when it comes to aliens and UFOs, and uh, there's definitely some stuff that that happens that we just cannot explain. I believe Travis Walton was abducted. I think he was taken. Uh, you know, hold on. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. <clears throat> abducted is a strong word. Travis Walton wasn't abducted. Travis Walton stumbled upon something that he should not have been stumbling upon on, a UFO in the middle of the woods. He ran to it like a curious person, like any one of us would probably do, who is curious. And he just, you know, he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. I think, like Travis thinks, and me and him have had this discussion before, Alan, you know this. Yep. Uh, I believe that he was killed accidentally, brought to the ship, and they fixed him. And it, that's why I don't think he was abducted as much as he was saved because of a goof. That's kind of what I think happened, but I do believe his story. I think he really woke up in the ship. I think he saw the beings. I think he saw the aliens that looked like humans. I think all that stuff really happened to that man. So I, I'm with you. There, there is stuff that we cannot explain as conventional black budget projects. The Phoenix Lights, though, I'm going to go with black budget project on that. I mean, I just that seems to me like it's right around the time period where a lot of stuff was being tested. Look, the stealth bomber for a long time was being, uh, you know, misidentified as a, a UFO. You know, that stuff happens. It it just does happen. But you're absolutely right, though. Again, it's not the only answer. And what you saw could have possibly been either interdimensional beings or uh, some kind of alien activity that really is legit. Because there is legit alien activity. I do believe that, just to clear well, that up. And, and um, let me segue in then perfectly from what you're saying into what we're really doing in the etletstalk.com community, Plug which is <laughs> we are becoming – we are self-styled experts – I mean, anybody who's been out in the field and made this contact, uh, and the contact happens in so many varied ways, uh, and maybe some of it is mistaken, but an awful lot is not explained and is very compelling. We're we're proving that ordinary people are the one, the experts now, because the government has lied to us so much about so many things, not not just this topic, as you know. Uh, people are yep. really fed up. I mean, Congress has a lower rating approval than car salesmen, you know, and, Ouch. I'm one and of those. banana slugs, I think. So <laughs> what's the answer? It's the people's disclosure movement. You know, we're training people to go out in teams and, and do their own investigation. And maybe some of them will be wrong, but a lot of them are going to uncover things that would have never happened otherwise. And Definitely. As, as part of this community, we're not going to sit there and poo-poo them and tell them, no, it was swamp gas, it was uh, you know Chinese lanterns, we don't believe you. We listen to each other and we tell our stories. And yeah, if we think that something is is explainable we tell each other that and you know and just say it straight up no man that that really sounds like you know it's funny you mentioned the chinese lanterns because you know how many people were fooled for decades with the chinese lanterns how many how many people exactly at least a dozen maybe two i i heard seriously okay hundreds and hundreds i mean over the years people were duped by the chinese lanterns uh because if you look at it from a certain way in a certain distance it kind of looks like a thing in the sky uh so in and you know let's not even go with uh what do you call it with uh the rendlesham forest case i mean i'm pretty familiar with that case also um i've heard enough about it i haven't made up my mind on it but but here's again the thing is i want to stress to your audience 
there's a great deal of history, and we, we allude to it here, and you can buy mm-hmm. books and go to conventions. There are movies, there's speakers, of lectures, everything. We're not about that anymore. Um, I mean, that's all there is background if you want it, but in the etletstalk.com community, um, we're making the future. Five. It's like, okay, let's invent our own, or, or let's experience our own, not invent it. Let's go out and try it for ourselves and and see where we're going to go with it. Uh, the past is wonderful, but once we've had our own encounter, then we don't need an expert to tell us what we've seen. And that's authentic. And we share that with each other. That's empowering. And uh, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, here, I got a question for both of you, and, and uh, you can answer, you know, whichever one to answer it first. Uh, do you think we will get disclosure by the government, or will it be something accidental that the aliens just kind of like crash land in a place where they can't cover up? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't think the crashes are anything other than accidents on, you know, somebody or others' part. We're not, you know, not going to go there. Um, whether, well, honestly, in my deepest heart, I think the governments are going to be forced to acknowledge that this is all real. By you know, it. it they're not going to have a choice. Is my Got sense. And keep in mind, all it takes is one really courageous government to really break it open. Um, Ten years ago, there were no internet sites where UFO files from official government sources were opened up. Today, I don't know, there's maybe a couple dozen countries that have actually opened up their files, put them on the internet where you can search them. Now, granted, 95% of those are explainable UFO sightings, but 5% Well, what here, they 5%. say is explainable, not At right. It's explainable. Actually, right. right. But what right. I'm saying is that amount of disclosure has happened that was kind of unthinkable 10 years ago. What the next 10 years brings, um, I can't say. But, you know, all it would take is, a, think about it, a major country like Russia or China decides they're just going to blow the whole thing open and and come out and make the announcement first and beat the Americans to it. Which makes you wonder why that hasn't happened yet, especially with the way the U.S. is hated all over the world. If another country who's one of our enemies, uh, for example, comes out and says, like Pakistan, for example, comes out and says, hey, you know, the United States have been sitting on this technology for years. They've been lying to their own people. They've been lying to the world. Uh, they're a bunch of liars. You know, that would be devastating if they had some kind of evidence and proof and they just put it out there. You you wonder why that hasn't happened, considering the wars and all the stuff that goes on yeah. and the amount of hate that there is for yeah. the United States around the world. Why hasn't that happened? Why hasn't one of these countries come forward and said, you know what, forget the U.S., this is where they've been lying about, and here it is. I mean, you know it, it's shocking, but it hasn't happened. I agree with you. I want to know the answer to that question, too, because I don't believe the U.S. government is the only one that's been hiding and has information. Um, like I said before, these objects have been seen practically in all countries of the world, major and minor. Yep. And I continue to get reports from my teams from Estonia, from everywhere. But the reality is that what's going on is not only stranger than people imagine, it's probably stranger than most people can imagine. I agree with that, yeah. I think the reality of what's happening is so much weirder and stranger than what we think is the reality. That that might be why it's being kept exactly. a secret from us. Yeah. yeah, but are we going to see before we die, you know, in our generation, will we actually get the real information out there? That's sure. The I think so. Sure. I think so, yes. I uh, hope so. It's not stoppable. 
It's only a question of when. Yes, I agree. Not if, but when. And with the internet now, it just, again, it will just take one crack in that whole egg there to let the whole thing come running out. Um, I don't know what that will be or when it will be, but we'll be sitting around a table saying, ah, yeah, that that's what my, it took. My issue, we'll with, yeah, my issue with the internet is, uh, look, look what we were talking about earlier, like, for example, the uh, the Roswell slides or the uh, the alien slides. Uh, when you have stuff like that that comes that comes out and it gets a big buzz and everybody's talking about it, and then you find out it's a hoax. Well, there's it, a lot of really, disinformation, right? And the best yeah, disinformation completely. is lies mixed with the truth. But you know, if enough people, this is actually why I like to train people to open up psychically, because when you get information from your own deepest sources, you can really discern what's true and what's not from outside sources. Okay. You'll be able to smell the BS, in other words. Yeah, and each person needs to have, you know, his or her own truth meter. Mm. And once we all have that, you know, and of course it's possible, right? You know, Costa before said we're all connected. I disagree. We're all literally one. And therefore, each of us, if we could get rid of our various filters, many of which have been programmed into us, have access to what is really the truth. And the more of us that open up, the more of us that have that access, hmm. the sooner the BS goes away. You know, it, it could be very possible that the reason we're not told about their existence and we're being kept in the dark is because we're the only race that doesn't have that beehive mentality where everything's about the queen and they're all like worker slaves or worker bees. Uh, you know, we, have, we try to, at least we have the illusion of free will on this planet. That might not be the case all over the galaxy. I mean, look at the animal kingdom on this planet. It's completely different than us. Well, some species are more different from us than others. But, you know, there are plenty right. of species that are relatively, you know, again, free will, you know, they associate with their own kind, but that doesn't mean that it's a hive soul. No, but I mean, for, uh, I mean, even, for example, even creatures that mimic humans in some areas, uh, they do kind of have the leader of the pack. You know, the and leader of their, their tribe or their community. I mean, they have uh, the monkeys, alpha. chimps. Yeah, they have the alpha yeah, males. I mean, that always happens. Hello? We don't? Oh, you're trying to call Obama the alpha male? <laughs> um, actually, I was thinking in of smaller groups, right? Every little group of teenagers knows exactly what the pecking order is. True. So I'm, not, That's true. You know, I'm not talking about big things. I'm talking about little things. We have the same thing. True, but it's, it's, it's different in the sense of because if we disagree with the alpha male, we could say, hey, like, hey, I don't agree with that, and I'm walking away from this scenario. In the jungle, there's no disagreeing with the alpha male. You do as you're told. Or you're killed. Yeah, and That's I the would argue that, that, you know, there are consequences here, too. It's actually a, a huge issue, I think, for all of humanity, is that telling the truth is not safe. That's very true. And you know what is not safe also? What? If we continue past this hour, because our our boss is going to be very upset there. So we're almost out of time, and I want to give you two the uh, chance to, once again, give out the link before we go off air. Okay. ETLetstalk.com. E-T-L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K. A community of 5,000 people, 50 countries, 
Um, membership is free. We do monthly contacts, daily, weekly, whenever we want. And on the website, um, you can um, find other people on a global map. There, a visual map who are around you or around the world to join in with you um, in making the contact. That's what the community is about. And also there's instructions on how to do the ET contact. So I, I welcome people to, to, to join a really what's a growing movement. Uh, if you go to Facebook today and type in CE-5, you will see groups all over the world who weren't there just a few years ago now growing and experimenting and doing contact on their own. So that's what we're about, and that's my plug. And I'll, just, and I'll do, if you don't mind, a quick plug for my, for my site, too. If anybody Please. wants to call me for a reading, my phone number is 888-4-HOLLIS, H-O-L-L-I-S, and my website is www.888-4-HOLLIS.com. So it's easy to find me either way. Very cool. Thank you both for being on here tonight. It's, uh, yeah, it was great talking to you. Always fun having uh, Costas on and Hollis. You're a doll. You're you're awesome. Thank you for being here with us also. And uh, please, both of you, I want to have you back on in the near future. It's just always an enlightening conversation when you're on. Well, thank you very much. Thank we you. appreciate the opportunity, you guys. Be Take well. Care. Take right, care. Have and, a great uh, night. Folks, we're all out of time. Keith Rowland over there is uh, ticking the clock away at me and telling me we got to get going. This is Skywatchers Radio. We are going to wrap up another exciting episode. Alan, it's been a good one. Absolutely, it has. It's been fun. Everybody will be back next week right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. And, of course, as always, PSN Radio. Skywatchers Radio will be live again next week. In fact, Alan, we have, like, nonstop live shows for the next couple months. Are you ready for that? Oh, I absolutely am, and I think we got some really, really good guests on the way, too. Oh, no kidding. Guess who's going to be on next week? Take a wild guess. Take a wild guess. Guess, Uh, guess, guess. Darth Vader. Close. Steven Bassett. Yeah, talking about disclosure, baby. That's right. Steve Bassett will be back on Skywatchers next week. Stick around. More Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio coming up. 